I'm Jordan Goodman. And I'm Justin Goodman. We're third-generation insurance agency owners and also brothers. Even though we had the same upbringing, we see the world very differently. This caused significant issues in our early years, but we eventually embraced the idea that every coin needs two sides to be complete. In 2018, we launched our second company, Total CSR, with the aim of reducing new-to-industry onboarding timeframes from two years to two months. Since then, we've traveled the country speaking to thousands of agency owners and their teams, and we've come to realize two things. We all struggle with similar challenges, regardless of size and location. And oftentimes, we are too embarrassed to ask for help. The Independent Agent Podcast is our attempt to provide helpful answers to your most difficult questions. Anonymously, of course. Thanks for listening. All right. Welcome back to our New Year's episode of The Independent Agent. Happy New Year's, Chest. Thank you. You as well. I guess I can hold off on our drink. I'm tempted to do it now, just during the New Year in. But let's just jump into the questions and we'll keep it at halftime like we normally do. You want to go or you want me to go? You can ask this one. All right. Question one. Do we have like an intro theme for this? I would just say that one involves workplace romance and... uh the other doesn't. <laughs> Real creative. Okay. Number one, let's find out which one of this, this is. My office had an offsite team meeting. Of course, this is an office romance. It's starting off terribly. My office, I don't know. I can't even get okay, to the I'll question. Read it. My office had an offsite team building event <laughs> at Top Golf. Me and my, one of my coworkers that is from another department really hit it off and ultimately ended up kissing. I don't think anyone noticed because everyone had a bit too much to drink, but I'm stuck wondering what to do next. It's been a couple of weeks and my coworker and I haven't even talked about what happened. I really like her, but I also don't want to mess up the opportunity with this company as things are going well. Do I just move on and pretend like nothing happened or do I talk to her about trying to make it work? And if I do try and make it work, how do I keep the work and personal separate? We are officially love line. What in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. You can be the screener of all questions going forward. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Top golf. We can narrow this down by which agency it is. There's one in Texas, right? In Las Vegas. I'm trying to think of where else there's a top golf. If everyone was drinking and ultimately ended up kissing, but no one else noticed. Not everyone, just two employees ended up <laughs> kissing. <laughs> Let's be clear. I, I got it. I got it. But I mean, if they were kissing and no one remembers it, did it actually happen? True forest trees all that if you really like her you should tell her i don't know what else to say besides that i guess you could play it off i I don't see what this has to do with work just being uncomfortable well he had a two-part question one what to do and then two how to keep the balance of personal and business well unless you end up marrying her which you don't even want to talk to her at this point i'm just i'm baffled by this question i am Justin doesn't send these to me ahead of time, or he does, and I don't read them, which maybe I should read them (laughs) next time. Maybe maybe I should be Mr. Loveline, because I've got lots of wisdom to share. (laughs) He's got lots, of course he's got lots of wisdom. I'll be, this is what I'll do. I'll be commentary on your wisdom. (laughs) Perfect. All right, let's start with... All this wisdom came from your high school years? Definitely. And let's just say I, I know what not to do. There you go. I'd affirm that. All right, so I would say... 
out the gate that the fact that you guys kissed, you probably should have a conversation, but I would, I'd back up a step further and maybe the fact that you haven't had a conversation with somebody that you kissed at a company function, you haven't had the chutzpah to talk to that person. There, there might be some like self-reflection work that you may not even be like ready to be in any type of relationship at this point. That's my personal advice. I'm getting some weird vibes from my brother right now. You can't go on. I'm just, I'm I'm listening. This is, this is fun for me. Actually, (laughs) this is way better than insurance. I can tell when a swing is broken. I can't necessarily tell how to fix it. So I would say that I would also say that, yes, you do need to talk to this individual. I would say though, especially in today's day and age, there's a lot more people out there. So (laughs) what? (laughs) hear me out. If the divorce rate is oh 60 to 70%, as it is in Orange County, and dating-wise, you don't know if this person's going to be long-term, and if their company is your long-term, I would say it would be best to just kind of move forward without, unless this is the absolute one for you. And if she was, you probably would have said something by now. Unless he's been, like, dreaming about her forever, and then he kissed her and now he's all insecure about it. What if she could be the one? <laughs> no, she's not the one. Well, I would think that you would be moved past insecurity if she was the one to action. Mm, I don't know. I mean, what if she is just that incredible? She's that intimidating. Oh, you're taking us off track. You're not helpful. Right. I'm the one who took us <laughs> off track with this question. <laughs> <laughs> you le- need to learn to read ahead of time. But let's say you did move forward and you did shoot your shot and you said, hey, I'm going for this. I would say if if you work in different units of the company, you're okay, provided that it's not interfering with the workplace. What if he's the producer and she's an account manager or vice versa? Run. Oh, I love this. No, that's a, that's a fun one. That's a terrible dynamic. Oh, can this person write us back too? Like we asked, you know, before, can someone else? I, I want follow-ups on these things, man. Okay, so my first piece of advice is find somebody else But if you are going to go forward with it, hopefully you're working in separate units and so you're not having to worry. What if this is like a Jim and Pam situation? The office? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but there's lots of... Dwight and Angela? I mean, there. this, I mean... Yes, entertaining for everybody else, but... Dwight and Angela, perfect. Exactly. Like, they wouldn't talk about it, right? You know, I'm saying I see some hope on the horizon for you, brother. I'd say man up talk to her, make a decision one way or another. But if you are in the same department, I would stay far away and not engage further. But you got to man up. Again, not because I was excellent at executing this in high school. I was great at doing the things that would be considered like following up and trying to make myself known to individuals unsuccessfully back in that, that day and age. My goodness. My. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd say if you're going to go for it, be bold. Otherwise, if you're not sure, it's best. You guys have apps these days and you can swipe left, you guys swipe right. have apps these days? They do. Wow. Wow. I got married. Use the app. Don't use a real person that you have a connection with. Uh, we don't even know if there's a connection. All we know is there's a kiss. Well, they kissed. I mean, we should move on. 
is this going to be a B-roll or is this, is this actually going to make it live onto a podcast? This should make it live and we also need a follow-up. So let us know, did you take Jordan's option, which was do nothing, or Justin, who gave you actionable advice and which piece of actionable advice I did gave I you? Did I say do nothing? You just said, I don't know what to do. Is that what I said? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Okay. Let's rewind the tape. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure I said, just make it happen. Go up to her, talk to her about it. If she's not down, move on. If she is, Jim and Pam it up. All right. All right. On that note. Cocktail time. Actually, not cocktails of time. I thought, in honor of New Year's, well, I do give you your option of your ultra. I have a better option, mm. which I think you'll like. I like both. A little champy champs. Now, I'm not a huge champagne person, much like I wasn't a huge gin person. I like champagne better than gin, but... Is this true champagne, or is this what they call it, yeah, sparkling it's, wine? It's Vuve Clicquot. <laughs> I don't know how they say that, but it's another orange label one. It's fancy, dude. I only bring you the best. In a small bottle. Well, right, because it's like a 20-minute episode or whatever this thing is, man. And so this champagne I'm going to drink, have you drank it before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When Haley and I choose to avoid church, we make bacon on Sundays and a bottle of Vuve. And do a little bedside Baptist, you know what I mean? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I took us off track. So is, are you making mimosas? No. Is it 8 a.m.? No. No. I was just curious because, like, you just said, that, so you do champagne, no mimosas with oh, Haley. Oh, with, with Haley? Yeah. Sometimes we'll do a mimosa, but I've actually gotten to do, and Haley likes to do it with Prosecco, but we'll do that. Gosh, what's that restaurant down by the tracks? The little breakfast joint? I can't think of it. Anyway, they do it and they put it over ice and then they do like a fresh squeeze, like grapefruit juice and then raspberry over it. So it's kind of like like some kind of like a breakfast spritzer thing, but it's really good. So we'll do it. Usually it's like a Prosecco or something over ice and then either some orange juice or some grapefruit juice with some raspberries on top. You know a lot of different names of alcohol. <laughs> this is true. This is a good champagne. I think you'll like this one. So is this dry? Is this... Yeah, it's a brute. Okay. So dry means sweet. No? Dry means sweet? Yeah, is that what it means? When they say, hey, this is a dry... <laughs> oh my God. Justin, <laughs> close your eyes, drink the champagne, and tell me what you taste. Why do you stare at the camera too so they can see your face? Mm -hmm. Let's see. tasty. Mm -hmm. I taste champagne. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. I tend to like it. I'm not a huge champagne buff, like I said, but I, mean, I know that this is one that like, I like. Yeah, no, I mean, I enjoy this. Good. I mean, I'll probably drink both right now, but... Interesting. <laughs> not very New Year's-y of you. Well, I'll finish this first, then okay. I'll go to the Ultra. Perfect. All right. Perfect. Okay. Question two. I'll try and read this one this time because I failed last time. I'm a producer and the agency principal has been on my case lately about my quote to bind ratio. Yes. I am frustrated because I'm hitting all of my new business goals and working on less accounts will likely mean less new business for me. I understand that she is getting pressure from our insurance carriers, but wouldn't they rather have an agency submitting more business than less? What's a good quote to bind ratio that will keep my agency principal off my back without negatively impacting my new business? 
Well, since I spoke so much the last time and you kind of punted, yeah. let's have you go first okay, on this I've got, one. I've got multiple thoughts on this. We deal with this all the time. You know, and honestly, carriers threaten it like crazy. I think maybe a decade ago, it was taken more seriously. We don't really have carriers that, at least in our office, hold us to it. And I think a lot of that is because the move has gone to online rating so much. So they understand that they're actually not doing really any of the work, you know? But you do remember we did have one carrier who actually was looking at that and wanting us to improve, even though they did no work on the online rating and they wanted that quote to bind ratio higher. Yeah, they all say that, but we didn't lose appointment over it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean. It's more bark than bite because I think there is a whole adage there. That said... I hate wasting people's time. I hate my time wasted and I hate wasting people's time. So if you're shoveling things through and they do have to touch it or work on it, yeah, it, it does have an actual significant impact on cost and expense to the carrier and also to your agency. Your time is value as well, whether you realize it or not. But the pressure that your owner is getting and therefore putting back onto you is definitely real. So I would ask your owner and just say, hey, has this ever really been made an impact? Because I'm concerned that my level of production is going to go down. That There's a whole bunch of different theories on it. What I found, though, that if your quote to bind ratio is low, then you're probably not qualifying as well as you should. There probably is a happy medium, you know, whereas if your quote to bind ratio is 100%, Right then, you're probably not working on enough business, and if your quote to mine ratio is ten percent, then you're probably working on too much and not spending enough time to try to close the other ones. What would you say a good quote to bind ratio to you would be? Is or at your worst that you would find acceptable for me or my producers? Your producers, new or have they been there a while? Let's say they've been there two years. I would say acceptable is probably in the thirties, forties. I just want them working on enough, and I also firmly believe, though I know. Justin didn't really have this thought process, but oftentimes it takes several years to win business and you've got to compete a couple of times and show that you're established and in the game and you're willing and you're going to be around and all that. So you might have those times where even if you should win the business, you don't because it's a couple of year process. So, Well, let's stop there real quick. One, let's give some context. One, my theory was if you don't give me the business, you're dead to me. Me and Mr. Wonderful share <laughs> yeah. some of those same adages. So I, I missed out on some deals. But I like to believe overall I got screwed less. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> but the other component of if you have a 30 to 40% close ratio on new accounts, that still means if you're going to four or five insurance carriers, that that quote to bind ratio for them is going to be less. So on a new piece of business, if you close three out of 10 of those, but you submit that to four people, then your overall quote to buying ratio is going to be less there. So on a new business basis. Yeah, but a lot of times carriers, and I know we're different because we're in California and in construction, but the carriers usually don't look at submit to bind. It's quote to bind. So it's what they're actually issuing a quote on. And oftentimes, if you have a relationship with your underwriters, which you should, they'll be able to give indications and then just close out the file and you're not going to get penalized for that, typically. So a lot of that should be able to kind of go away. I mean, you're still going to have some carriers issue quotes and you're going to work them against each other and work it down. And as long as you're feeding them all, 
I tend to agree with you that at the end of the day, it's going to be a volume play because if someone says to us as an agency to say, you know, Goodman's your quote to bind ratio with us is now at 15%. And I said, we're not sure how things are going and said, well, we've got 5 million in premium with you. Would you like us to move it somewhere else who doesn't mind? Because we can do that too. They go, no, 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 we don't do it. We're just telling you, we'd like you to get it up. I mean, that's, <laughs> typically how it goes. So, I mean, maybe you guys have carriers that are more strict on it. We just, it's been mostly bark, no bite. Well, and let's give color behind it as far as we're in construction and they know that clients are shopping almost every year. Yeah. And so that's an expectation in our marketplace. It may not be the same thing within your particular niche. What I would say is when you're having a lower quote to bind ratio and they're concerned about it, I go back to, again, Jordan's beginning comment of, hey, if you're closing everything, that means you're not working on enough. And if you're not closing one out of 10, then you're probably working on too much, then you haven't properly qualified. It goes back to us of, you've got to know the rules of engagement. What do you got to do to earn the business? And if you find out I did everything. I found out the pain points. They told me the goal I needed to hit. But this year, I was only given three markets to approach. And they wanted to see how I approached the process. And you didn't earn the business specifically because you weren't assigned a market that could have gotten you there price-wise or some other curveball there. That means, hey, there's an opportunity year two to go back in. And then obviously asking for more markets provided that both parties played by the rules of the game. On the quote to bind issue, I think given technology, given how much has been taken off the insurance company's workload these days and how much they put back onto the agencies, I think it's perfectly acceptable to push back like Jordan said. But I would be mindful of the specific carriers that have the issue, ask the agency owner for who are those specific carriers, what are their specific concerns, have them elaborate on the additional workload that is being put onto their shoulders. And if so, it may mean when you submit to them, not to every carrier, but that one specific carrier that has the problem, that you might call the underwriter ahead of time and say, here's my risk, here's what it looks like, I'd love you to work on it, or... I need you to just block. I just need you to block so you're not going to waste any time here. Don't go through the hoops and have that open communication because it may not be all markets. I guarantee it's not all markets. Right. And so find out which market it is. That's such a good point because we immediately want to say, okay, it's one market that's complaining and think that they're all feeling this way when they're not. You know, And then you go, I have to change my whole thing. No, you might just have to change your approach for one carrier. And are they even that competitive? Like, are we, are we worried about a carrier that's not competitive? Yeah. You know? But you should be, especially on, on deals that are going to require more touch, especially if it's new. Like I just had my largest account renew and I went before market and called every single underwriter that I was going to want to submit to. And basically the conversation was, hey, yes, we're interested or no, we're not. We walked through basically all the submission before we submitted and really only end up two or three of them ended up working on it. The rest just knew, hey, they were going to take it in, log it, and block it for us. And it frustrated no one because they weren't going to be competitive or didn't want to ride it anyway. They were just protecting us. So those conversations, I think, really help. And there are some companies that are unreasonable. I mean, I won't mention this company's name, but we had an issue with a company, and we no longer do business with this company, that 
in order to even get 10% commission on a line of coverage, we needed a 50% quote to bind ratio. That was just to get 10%. Anything less than that, we immediately got dropped to 4% commission. And sometimes there are very unreasonable expectations and ultimately that carrier will have to change their tune and adjust their business approach. But sometimes you have to walk away. And who knows what your situation is with this carrier, how unreasonable the demands are. But again, pinpoint it, narrow it down, ask the right questions, and then communicate with your agency owner that this is the way I'm going to handle that. Is that acceptable to you? And you move forward. So hopefully your activity isn't hampered by one carrier's quote to bind requirements. Yeah. And I was just thinking, I'm this probably is no basis. It's a good thing in, you're thinking. <laughs> my thought was, you know, proper quote to bind ratio. I wonder if anyone's ever done a study, which I guarantee it not. But you're familiar with, it's, I think it's called the Laffer curve, Lafferty, Laffer curve, whatever. Is that an econ thing? It is. All right. Okay. It's the income tax level that they've determined that the IRS can maximize their revenue at. Mm. So they've determined that, you know, if you tax at 70%, then they're actually going to collect less revenue on taxes. If you tax at 20%, you're going to collect less. So there's a, you know, a happy medium there and it's like 38.8 at some level like that. I forget what the number is, but I wonder if anyone's ever done a study on that relative to kind of quote to bind, whether in our business or other businesses, as far as how many opportunities you should win of the ones you quote to know. Does that make sense? Yeah. That what that ideal quote to bind ratio is that maximizes the potential for revenue. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe a company like Neon would be able to get that data. Neon's the product. Oh, sorry. Neon's the product. The company. Be Atomic. Be Atomic. Yeah. There we go. Cool folks. Really like what they're doing. Really cool. Anyway, I don't know if I have anything else to say to that. Yeah. I think we've covered this one. Great. Well, everyone, happy New Year's. Justin seemed to have finished his champs, moved on to his ultra. I know. But be well and to health in 2020. Cheers.